This morning, in big church, I remember one Sunday when I was in Brantford asking a, a child, I didn't ask him, but our senior pastor asked a child if they wanted to pray for service before they left for children's church. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he prayed and he says, dear God, help us have a great time in children's church and help all the adults have a great time in big children's church. And I thought, yes. Christmas season brings out the child in all of us, doesn't it? Anybody excited about Christmas? A few of you waving your hands. Anybody uh, excited uh, or counting down Christmas? We heard today, 12 days. If you want to wake up every morning and sing uh, the 12 days of Christmas to your wife or your husband, I'm sure that they would love it. (laughs) After day one, they'll tell you to be quiet. But, gentlemen, if you wanted to try something special, try celebrating the 12 days of Christmas and just bringing a little gift and giving it to your wife. Ladies, you're supposed to plug your ears at this point. Sorry, I forgot to tell you to do that. Just be nice and bring a little gift and sell, count down the 12 days of Christmas. Just some advice. Um, that's not in my notes. That's free. This morning, we're continuing our series on uh, His Name Shall Be Called. And we're wrestling through these four names that Isaiah the prophet wrote about of Jesus, the Messiah, given to, to Isaiah as he spoke these words for the nation of Israel. And he proclaimed these four things about the Messiah almost 700 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah said that he was going to be our wonderful counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And we're going to wrestle, we've been wrestling through last week, and this week, and next week, and Christmas Eve, we're going to look at these four names, and how they actually mean something to us, and how significant they are. In fact, last week we talked about the first one, and we looked at the wonderful counselor, that Jesus, in fact, is our wonderful counselor. He understands our struggles, he cares for us, and he commits himself to us. And we are challenged, I challenge us all, and me included, to book a time with the wonderful counselor this week where we would take time and just become honest and lay it all out, be honest before God, but listen to him and then do what he says. Now, if any of you took up the challenge, I'm sure you experienced quite an event. Some of you that maybe were busy, I challenge you this week to try it. Book an appointment. It's an incredible thing how God can move in your life, when we get honest with him, and when we listen to him, and when we do what he says. He's our wonderful counselor, our wonderful counselor. This week we're going to look at uh, word number two, name number two, sorry, mighty God, mighty God. Remember Israel at this point in time when when Isaiah writes this is living in dark days. There seems to be this sense of hopelessness. That this darkness and this hopelessness is kind of just this picture that's covering the nation. And it's just, it's not a great time period. And Isaiah declares this prophecy that there is a day when the darkness will cease. And we read these words, and we've heard this at Christmas time, we heard it last week, but this is, this is the big uh, verse for this entire series. This is, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. 
And the government will be on his shoulders. And here's this declaration from the word. It says, and he will be called. Or as we've titled this, his name shall be called. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting father. Prince of peace. Isaiah declaring this about the Messiah who is coming. In the darkness, in the hopelessness, that there's a day that's coming when this wonderful counselor will be here. When the mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, will come to this earth. The child will be born. Our Messiah and our Savior, Jesus. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And this morning we're going to wrestle through this mighty God peace. I think sometimes it's, it's, it's easy for us to maybe begin to understand this. But I really want to dig in and talk about this in our life today. How this works or walks or helps us right here and now in this 21st century. When we're post the birth of Jesus. But we still celebrate that. And we recognize it. And we see that this child has been born. And how he is our mighty God, if you have your insert, you can open it up and we can begin to fill in the blanks and take some notes and be challenged by this. Here's the first uh, slide for you to fill in. He is, he is in fact our mighty God. Jesus is mighty God. There's this paradox kind of uh, in this passage. God is telling people that one day a child will come, a baby, the most vulnerable of human beings. One who can't feed himself, clothe himself, communicate, defend for himself. One who is completely dependent on someone else. And that this child will be almighty God or mighty God. It's kind of this tough position to wrestle through. Yet we've, on the other end of it, have seen him and read in the Gospels his stories. He grew up and and as he entered into his ministry. and, And it's just tension point where we think about the Messiah who more than likely Israel was expecting the Messiah to come as this mighty warrior that was going to come and 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 was going to take down their the people who were oppressing them immediately not a babe born in a manger so there's tension at play but we begin to see as we wrestle through scripture and understand about Jesus in Colossians we read these words it says the son this is Jesus is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation for in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thorns thrones Thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. This child that is born is mighty God. As Isaiah declares, he's mighty God. He is our mighty God. And it's a, this is the exciting part about Christmas. That there's a babe being born who will change the world. There's a small one coming with limitless power. Power of God that's coming. 
and being born. You see, the symbol of mighty God is an affirmation of the Messiah's divine nature. This declaration of mighty God is, is saying that this child, it's this confirmation, affirmation of the Messiah's divine nature, that Jesus is God. There's a tension in our, in our culture that says, you know, how could Jesus be God? And we believe in the, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that Jesus was fully God and fully man. That Jesus is God. M- uh, Matthew declares these words. All this took place to fulfill, the Lord, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus is God. This title is an affirmation of the Messiah's divine nature. John writes this in the start of his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Not was a God, was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Then it moves on into verse 14 and says, The Word became flesh. Remember, the Word in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Jesus is God. Jesus referenced the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And now the Word became flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Us, that Jesus is God, that this title that Isaiah declares about mighty God is an affirmation of the Messiah's divine nature. He made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, whom came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. So this title that Isaiah declares, the mighty God is this affirmation of the divine nature of Christ. Jesus is God. Mighty God is all-powerful. Omnipotent is the word that we use, but to make it a little more understandable, we call mighty God is all-powerful. He is all-powerful. Jesus is powerful. Mighty God is all powerful. I want to talk about Jesus' power in our lives and how this babe that came as a small little baby. And we've, I mean, I've had children and I've held my little children and, and I mean, it's just such a great thing. And I couldn't imagine what Mary, as she holds, holds baby Jesus and had this encounter with the angel and all this stuff that's happening. And we celebrate this at Christmas season. It's so powerful. Mighty God, 
Jeremiah writes these words, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. You've made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Nothing, and I love this line, nothing, nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. Jesus is powerful. And Him in our life, we need that. And we need Him. And we want to wrestle through a little bit of this this morning. What it looks like is Isaiah declares mighty God. The affirmation of this divine nature that Jesus is God. All powerful. And how that is available to us in our life. So let's look at this. Jesus' power. Jesus' power. What does this mean? What does this look like? I think sometimes we can acknowledge it, but maybe we don't completely understand it. Maybe it's like this picture for some of you. There was a woman who lived in a remote valley in the country of Wales. And when electricity was first made available to the rural areas, one of the first customers was a young woman with a large family. And she went to a great deal of trouble to have electricity power, electrical power, sorry, installed in her home. Having the electrical company soon notice that the woman was using very little amount of electricity each month. They began to suspect that maybe there was a problem with the installed equipment and they sent a repairman to check on the meter. And they got there and they checked on the meter and after a close inspection, the worker found that the equipment was installed pro- properly. A little confused by why there was not much being used even though the great lengths she went to to get it, he knocked on the door and he gave the report to the lady. He says, we've inspected your meter and it seems to be working properly. The only thing I, can, I cannot figure out is why you are not using the power that's available to you. Don't you use any electricity, he said. And she says, oh yes, we do. We turn it on every night to see how to light our lamps and then we switch it off again. God's power power of the mighty God, the Messiah. All His power is available to us. In fact, if we could understand it, not that we can understand His power or how He moves, but if we can grab hold of this, that nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. That nothing is too hard for Him as, or for you or for Him as we read in Jeremiah. All things are possible, we read in the Gospels. We could really grasp this. It could revolutionize our lives. It could change the way that we live if we really, truly embraced it. And not just switched it on so we could see how we could do something and turn it off. Not that you can turn on God's power and turn it off. But if we could understand that there is nothing that is impossible All things are possible.
In fact, I, I would suspect that the children have already sung that song downstairs, that nothing is impossible. And they've danced around. But what if we really, really, really believed it and understood it? Let's talk about Jesus' power a little bit. Let's talk about how this applies to us, how it moves for us, what it means to us. So let's look at this first one. That Jesus' power is at work in you. It's at work in you. Paul was writing to the church in Philippi. And he was urging the church to pursue God with everything they had. Living out the life of service to Jesus, committed to following the word, committed to following the word. He says these words in Philippians 2, he says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. That this power is working in you. It's working in you, changing you, leading you unifying you in order to fulfill the purposes, the good purposes, His good purposes, sorry, that's at work in you. This power is at work in you. But not as it just at work in you. His power is at work for you. It's at work for you, strengthening you, equipping you. Preparing you. He gives, Isaiah writes, strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That His power is at work, not only in you, but for you. First, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Christ's power may rest on me. That's why I take pleasure. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. I might have missed a line there. I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficult times. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. When I am weak, then I am made strong. Jesus' answering, Jesus' answer to Paul is significant here. In Christ's gracious favor, uh, is what it, it is Christ's sorry, gracious favor that empowered Paul's ministry. Despite his inadequacies or his failures, and even though Paul wasn't granted his request, Jesus assures him that he would continue to work for him and through him. That in his weaknesses, Jesus' power is at work in him. When I am weak, I am strong. New Living Translation says it this way. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Now, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness, Paul saying, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me, strengthen me. When I'm weak, 
that I am strong because His power is at work for me and through me. And I don't rely on my own energy or my own strength so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in, to- in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. His power is at work for me. His power is at work in me. His power is at work for me. And thirdly, His power is at work through me. A little bit differently than that means of through me to to, to the word through me in the previous verse that I read. uh, is more talking about working within me to strengthen me. This through me is moving through me to be witnesses to the community and the nations around me. Jesus says, Acts chapter 1, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the earth and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' power is at work in you, helping you, strengthening you, for you, lifting you up, not on your strength but on His and through you to reach the community in which you've been placed in, to reach the witnesses, to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In fact, Paul then says this in 1 Corinthians, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. It wasn't the words that I said. It wasn't the the way and the phrases and the, the, the great illustrations or the things that I do. It was... Through the, but with the demonstrations of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom. It might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Not through human wisdom. Not through great, elegant words that mean so much, but on God's power. God's power. You see, this mighty God all-powerful is at work in you, for you, and through you. Isn't that encouraging? Now, imagine if you just went and turned the light on to light your own lamp and then turned it off. We serve a God that is so big and so powerful. Nothing is impossible with Him. We have faith to believe that God is who He said He is. We have faith to believe that God is willing and able. And God's power is at work in you. His power is at work for you. And His power is at work through you. At the birth of Jesus, many people came to see this newborn baby. They came from different backgrounds and for different reasons. But regardless of their reason, Jesus could help. He is the mighty God. 
And we're going to take time this morning. The worship team, if you want to come up, we're going to take some time. We're going to pray. And we're going to just take some time to pray for need and to, to press in to worship God this morning. But maybe you came to church this morning for whatever reason. You didn't want to, you had to, you felt like you needed to, you came because you wanted to. All of us cart around some, some sort of baggage, some sort of stuff with us. And regardless of what it is, Jesus can help. Jesus can meet you where you are. His power can work through you, for you, in you. He is the mighty God, all-powerful. Nothing is impossible with Him. He can help you in your situation, in your circumstance, where you are right now. But my question is, are you willing to ask? Are you willing to ask and are you willing to have faith to believe that God is willing and He is able? And that nothing, nothing is impossible with Him. We have hope. And confidence. And assurance in Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, mighty God, wonderful counselor, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So church this morning, what is it that you're carting around with you? What is it that you need the power of God just to step into that moment, that circumstance, that situation? Would you be willing to just surrender to Him? Maybe can we sing, God, I look to you.